2: Welcome to the Oak Road Hatter podcast. I'm Billy Mully and today I'm joined by Jamie Castle and Stephen Day. 46 games after the start of the season and we're still talking about upcoming games. Of course, Luton Town are in the playoffs. What an incredible season it has been, and we're gonna go through the 46th game of the season with Redding before previewing our 47th and 48th, which of course are in the playoff semi-finals. First of all, Stephen, Jamie, incredible, incredible season so far. And, you know, it's got the possibility of getting even better.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's um, the stuff of dreams. I mean, for us, it, it, it's the stuff of dreams. But I think, as as we've all seen, Nathan had on his, on his little whiteboard at, at the front of the dressing room, before the ball was kicked, that would get 75 points. Um, and here we are on 75 points. So... It seems a bit of it seems a bit out as well for us fans, but quite clearly with the Gaffer in charge, then yeah, it, it it was well within reach.
4: Yeah, I've got nothing else to add to that really. That that sums it up quite nicely. Um, I just, I mean, I'm kind of in disbelief really. I just, it's mental, absolutely mental.
2: Because I remember we'd done the predictions at the start of the season, and I'm I'm pretty sure Jamie was the only one that had Luton in the playoffs and um while well, I was like nodding away like yeah okay Jamie I was I was thinking <laughs> that yeah I don't really trust I don't trust this optimism but again it's been a season where we've progressed on our, our league position a sixth successive season where we've done that but I didn't think it'd be as high as six. I think that that's the one thing I've got to admit I didn't think it'd be in the playoffs but we, we've done it
3: yeah. I mean I would love to take credit for predicting us to be in a playoffs, but I've just found my, my note on my phone and I've actually got us an eighth. So, I mean, still a good season, right? In terms of if if we were offered eighth, we probably would have taken it most of us. But yeah, it's still ridiculous to finish sixth um and have this, well, to, to to be three games away from the Premier League is um yeah, it's it's pretty special.
2: And that's the thing, it hasn't all been plain sailing. Of course, we've still been dealt disappointments all season. Um, I think what we've all said so far, I think speaking to each other on social media, it's been the response that's been excellent this season. I was hearing something today that the last eight games we've lost, we've managed to win the next game, which again, it points towards the kind of character, kind of mentality that we've got in this squad. And again, just a, a real sort of exciting aspect of of going into the playoffs. If we do get dealt with disappointment, if we say lose the first game, we've we've got that to bounce back on. We've got that to to lift us back up and and put belief back into the side that we can go and and do
4: something in the second leg. Yeah, I mean, like our our resilience to to not lose two games in a row and. This season has obviously propelled us into this position, as as proven by where we are. But um, I think that that, as you said, that that part of it makes going into the playoff semi-finals like pretty good because you know if we if we don't if we don't take a a good result to Huddersfield, say we lost, we've got a good chance of going into the away game, and you know. Obviously, as as proven this season, we've got a very good chance of winning it. I hope that's not the case that you know we go we lose one of the playoff games because I don't know how my heart would take it. But um, it yeah, our resilience this season has just been mental, and it's just Mason Jones has done a brilliant job.
2: Definitely, some some extreme highs this season, highs that we probably didn't imagine could sort of come to fruition this season but we'll go and speak about the Reading game it was a great game it had everything a fast a, a real fast start we had so many opportunities within the first 10 minutes uh, could not believe we weren't one up in those sort of first those sort of opening exchanges um, we get the goal and I cannot believe what I've seen on it was on Snapchat today on one of the whatever it is i don't really use snatch it anymore so i don't really understand how it works but it was questioning whether that goal should have stood and eh? i know it was ridiculous what what was the question like why why should it like what i don't know i don't know exactly what it was but it was questioning
3: sort of the validity of of how the goal was scored
2: like should that be allowed yeah to... so
3: so i know i guess to come in here i think i i watched them um... I watched Sky back on Sunday, obviously. I, I, I think a, a few of us did just to relive the, the memories. But in terms of what um, Glenn Murray was saying is that Cornick was actually offside in, in the build-up before Nyland got the ball. So the, the, I think I think Bell crossed it in to Cornick, uh, but then Nyland intercepted it. But Cornick was actually offside for that. So technically, it should have been a dead ball situation with the offside, but they, but they played on. Um, so... Yeah, if if the ref didn't play advantage, then then it, it would have been a dead ball situation. But the ref played advantage, and because Niall N- had the ball, then that I guess that uh, situation with Cornett being offside was 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 reset. So yeah, I mean, in terms of the goal after that situation, there's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. But um, I guess there's a an argument about about what happened before it.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely get that. And I was thinking, watching that goal back. Nyland goes diving for the ball, tries to save it but it was outside the area so it would be very yeah. interesting to see if he would have got a touch on it. He probably would have been sent off. I'm glad he didn't though. No, of course we wanted that goal and still to be 0-0 against 10 men, I don't like that. I, I, yeah, it's just one of those things that could go against you when you're <laughs> just trying so hard for an objective. But um, yeah, a, a couple of things to pick out uh, to pick out from that game. Alan Campbell and James Bree back in the side. Um, Alan Campbell as industrious as ever, um, you know, picking up various awards at um, Luton's award night the other night. It's just been an incredible season for him and, and James Bree. Sort of the standards he consistently delivers. Now, two very very good players and and two players that that performed on the day, didn't they?
3: Massive. I mean, I'm not sure I need to say anything more about my thoughts on Alan Campbell I've been on about him all season. But, um, yeah, an absolutely massive player for us now. Definitely up there in terms of first or second name on the team sheet. Um, and then James Bree, I mean, in terms of if you look at his season, right, there's a period, I think, December, January ish, obviously, there weren't many games over that period, but where he was getting stick from, from that byline in the main stand and i guess the, the the people that were pro bree were saying oh no when he, when he's on it he's one of the best sort of top five fullbacks in the championship and others being like no he, he's awful but i guess it it just showed when he came back the excitement on on social media that oh my god james bree's back i think it shows that he's put all of that to bed now and he i think he quite clearly is one of the better fullbacks in in the league um so to have him back ahead of such a pivotal time in the season going into what, what is essentially another Easter weekend now with, with Friday and Monday in terms of the, the way that works. Um, It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's massive. So to have him back is brilliant.
4: I think when Brie was in that bit of, um that, that, that time where he was getting stick and people were saying that he was awful, I remember the stats showed that he was still in the top 10 or top five of the fullbacks, like of all fullbacks in the league, I'm pretty sure. It, it was like, some of his dead ball or his deliveries um, wasn't great, but that was probably one of the only things about him. The rest of it was pretty good. And I couldn't understand the stick. And it was, as you said, it was in the um, main stand. It was right near me. And I remember the um, when he got that, that assist for Adebayo for, um, I think it was the Fulham game, he went running over to them. And, you know, he was like, that's what I can do. You need to back me. Like, you know, he was celebrating in front of them. Like, yeah uh I I'm glad that he did that but honestly like he ha- the reaction showed how much we value him now like everyone values him and it's just I think him being back could make the difference between us kind of not having the 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 squad to do it to actually thinking or you know actually being able to do it like I believe with him in there him being back, like, is going to help us to no end.
2: One hundred percent, and as you say, what a time to come back into the squad. And, and as we said, the pair of them, two massive, massive performances from them. And you just think about the future. You, you think the future is very, very bright with with Brie and Alan Campbell. Um, you know, as as we say, this season, there is no real stars in this team. You, you look at the teams around us. You, you, you can pick out a lot of. Uh, well, you look at Forrest, for example, likes of Brennan Johnson and Jed Spence destined immediately for, for great things going on to the Premier League next year, which is more than likely. But you look at our squad and you think they're going to continue growing at this rate and probably don't earn the, the Premier League interest that others in this division do. But that's at our benefit, of course.
4: One... It's at our benefit. But at the same time, I feel like if they do get the interest, they'll either be helping us out because they're brilliant players and they stay with us or the money that we'll end up getting for them will will help us no end again. Because, you know, I'd I'd say Campbell, his value is only going to keep rising and rising and rising. Bree, maybe not as much, but, you know, I'd say they're going to have quite a big price tag on them for our standards anyway.
3: Uh, I guess an interesting conversation is at, at what point do certain individuals start to actually be recognised by the wider football, I guess, media as actual, like, established, strong championship players. At, at, at what point is, is Eli thought of in the same mould as, like, a Burton Diaz or, or a Dom Solanke? I mean, maybe not quite yet, because it, it it, it's his real first season at this top flight. But if, if he's if he's bagged six, seven, eight goals by Christmas next season, do, do, do the, the media in football actually start to think, you know what, the... This kid is as good as Dom Slanky, as good as Burton and Diaz, and and, f- and think about it in, in that mold. And and same applies for the likes of Bree and Naismith and Campbell. I, 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 at what at what level do they need to perform at to actually be recognised? That on paper we do actually have, have a have a really strong side. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah, definitely an interesting conversation. I think Adebayo, certainly. Um, Attracted a little bit of interest already. I think it's the same with, with Naismith, but nothing, nothing too big as of yet. But going on to that defense, uh, we had Burke, Bradley, and Naismith back. Obviously, we, we spoke about the boost of having Bree and Campbell back in the side, but having a solid defense, having a arguably our, our best defence that we could put out, that's going to be a massive boost in, in the playoffs. We, we've seen so many times in, in the playoffs, not just with us, but we've seen it with other clubs in the Championship, in League One, in League Two, that solid defences can pave the way to, to winning the playoffs. We, we've seen at Huddersfield, I think they didn't score a goal in normal time. In, I don't know when it was, whenever they went up. And so you just look at that and think what sort of an incredible time for things to start coming together in terms of playing personnel coming back
3: yeah it's huge I mean there's been a lot of a lot of talk for the past what six to eight weeks now about this injury crisis and and it's been absolutely it's been, it's been awful um but it's now all up, it's all over the pitch I think in terms of if you think about our strongest 11 now it probably wasn't too far off you're probably talking Arguments maybe two three max players off our strongest eleven now. So in terms of, in terms of that, all over the pitch in midfield it has allowed Naismith to actually drop back into into that left center half role now. I mean, it, in terms of him in midfield, he, I thought he, he's played really well there, but he's still like his best his best position is still at that that left center half um, role. So to to get the likes of Campbell back in, Clark back in now. Lansbury got uh, some good minutes as well, so so to get get those those people back in as well as massive all, all over the park. Um, Sonny to be able to get ninety minutes under his belt going into the playoffs. I mean, it. I mean, because it, it's it's one thing to talk about injuries and getting players back back fit in terms of back off off the injury table, but it's another thing to get them match fit. So the fact that that Bradley's had had ninety minutes now under his belt is um is is massive massive going going into the playoffs.
2: And it would be absolutely disgustingly rude if we don't mention Jordan Clark and the shift that he put in. The I'm so happy to work. It's just it's brilliant to have him back. And you know that he's he's been a link. Him and Barry have been two players that, that we've missed massively, sort of finding those gaps in between opposing midfield and defenses and the quality that he has in the ball, sent low centre of gravity, everything about Jordan Clark screams. Best,
4: best free transfer in the world. <laughs> yeah, he. i um, as I said, just said like I'm so happy that he's back, and he's again going to be a massive help in in the playoffs. And um, I just uh, you know what? I wonder what the odds are for him to score a header in at any time in any of the games in the uh, playoffs. Because I get the feeling it's just the sort of funny thing that's going to happen.
2: Didn't he start the season scoring a hat-trick somewhere?
4: A preseason. Yeah, that Wasn't was that anything. the season before? Or was it? I can't actually remember. <laughs> they all roll into one.
2: Yeah. Another player that we do have to mention. you you got a little bit of stick after the 7-0 result and that's matt ingram um obviously score uh, conceding seven goals on your debut uh, doesn't look very good at all but when you take all the goals into sort of individual context it's very very difficult to prevent pretty much any of them but he was confident his kicking was very good Um stood up to the task of, of a couple of half chances for red and they didn't really create too much um a couple of good saves to be fair there were but probably that's probably been a little bit harsh. There were two good opportunities that I remember. But it wasn't too involved in the game, I think it's fair to say. But when called upon, he did a really good job.
3: Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think he showed on, on Saturday exactly one Nathan from him in. I mean, I think Istid's done really well when he's come in. But if it, if it got to a situation in a in a playoff semi-final where he got injured and, and we had to on our our youth guy, I mean, it, it would, have, would, would have left us in a really tough spot. So, to bring in a, a keeper of the calibre of, of Matt Ingram, he's now played a, a decent chunk of Championship games, who was, I believe, holes number one in their League One season last year when it got promoted. So, I mean, in terms of experience, he, he's certainly up there with the options that that, that we could have had. Um, and, yeah, I mean, going back to Fulham, he, yeah, they, 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 there's no no blame really on, on him for for any of, any of the seven goals. Um, I mean, I, I'm I'm not a goalkeeper coach, so I'm sure there's probably things he could have done better, but I yeah, I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go into that into that detail. But in terms of reading, yeah, he, he was hardly called upon, but when he was, he he did he did well. He he was confident in terms of claiming the ball from crosses and yeah, anything that he was he was asked to do, he did did, did well. So to have. A keeper that, again, if, if you look at in, in terms of that dynamic, it's a, a back three that's returning for the first time, really, as a unit with a new keeper in goal. I mean, that it's the sort of thing that you see at the start of the season. So, to, to, to sort of establish that, that confidence as, as a unit is, is really important.
2: Potential signing in the summer? There, yeah, maybe.
3: potentially, potentially. I mean, I mean, he's out of contract, and in, and in terms of the the news that's come out with him cancelling his this honeymoon, I mean, it shows the the dedication for him, and I think it's obvious that we need a keeper in the summer. Um, and obviously Shea's been given a contract, but it seems like his injury is gonna gonna go go into next season. So in terms of in terms of ha- having a number two, we probably, we probably do need a number two because I don't think Shea's gonna be back until at least after Christmas. So I mean, even if we, even if we were to go up to the Prem, I think obviously we we need to sign a, a stronger number one. But in terms of a number two, absolutely, I, I think he's, he's definitely an option. Yeah,
2: definitely interesting to see how that all pans out. But yeah. That concludes the the forty six game season. We've spoken about it before. Luton finishing sixth in the Championship playoffs within eight years of, of returning to the Football League. There's a possibility that we could get out of it at the other end. It it truly has been a real special ride this season. But as we said before, there's two potentially three games that that we could play in what remains and. Um, a real hectic game. Well, a real hectic end to a game with Hull City and Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest scoring in the ninety-third minute, meaning that at that point we were supposed to play Nottingham Forest. But then uh, I haven't seen the goal yet. But an apparent apparent cross shot from um, I think Hull right back uh, Coil. Yeah, cool, yeah, meant that um, yeah everything turned on its head, and we are now playing Huddersfield. And looking at the three teams we put, could have got, what do you think about Huddersfield?
4: I'm I'm quite open-minded about it because I I have said like this week that looking at the teams we've played, well, the the form we've got against the teams in the playoffs, um we've got Sheffield United that have taken four points from us, Huds that have taken four points from us, and we've taken four points from Forest. Um but then you'd think Realistically, the strongest side. Well, what people seem to be saying is the strongest side going into it are Forest. Um, but I, i I think I'm quite happy about the the um Huddersfield ties because, I think, some reason just there's just something in my head, is thinking that you know what it's very very winnable. I would have been worried about going, away to Sheffield United again, and I feel like we probably. Wouldn't have had that much of a, a chance against them in the semis anyway, and Forest as well. I, I was, you know, a little bit concerned, but selfishly, I was thinking, you know, an away day at Forest in the playoff semi-final—that'd be brilliant. But ultimately, got Huddersfield, and I'm, I'm, I'm not complaining. Yeah, ag- agreed. My side. Uh, I mean,
3: obviously, the the, the age old cliche of that there are no easy games in the championship is is true, and it's even more true when you're playing against a side who are deservingly of a, of a top six place in the league. So it's going to be a tough game, no bones about that. But I think for me, it's more about over a two-leg tie in terms of the away game you've got to go to. I mean, City ground or Bramwell Lane away is going to be pretty, pretty tough. So, and, and, and not to say that, that the Huddersfield isn't, go, isn't going to be tough. It's more of, of an atmosphere perspective um, in, term, in terms of that. And I think although we've not beat Huddersfield this season, I think in, in both games, it was fine margins that, that determined the, the outcome of that game. I mean, if, if you look back to the one most recently, obviously the, the first goal was seemed a bit of a fluke goal. We missed a penalty. And then obviously they, they got the second from, from a set piece. Um, so it, it, you're talking about really fine margins here and obviously in that game we lost Lansbury and Penny as well so if they were to stay on the pitch then there's no argument that, that's, that that would have changed things as well so in terms of the games if we've had as Huddersfield it's been really fine margins but actually I think I'm pretty sure in both games against them we, we, we had the better of the XG so in terms of chances created it seems like like we deserve to get more than just the, just the one point out of the two so yeah, and in ter- in terms of getting Huddersfield, I'm 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 quite confident. I'm, I'm pleased, and I, I definitely would have preferred them over Sheffield United and Forest. And that's nothing against them. I'm pretty sure they're saying the same about us. They they would have preferred us over Sheffield United or, or Forest as well. So
4: I'm pretty sure it, it, it works both ways. And to be fair, I feel like Jones and and the the squad are going to have a sort of because it's it feels more fresh in the memory that you know we lost uh, Hud- Huddersfield away. The Monday night as well. I feel like there's there's probably going to be an element of wanting a bit of revenge or wanting to to write what was wrong. I guess like I don't believe you know as you said like Jamie if if Pelly and Lansbury wouldn't have gone off there it would have been a different story and if if would have put that penalty away definitely would have been a different story and I feel like they're gonna there, there there might be at least an element of them wanting to to kind of you know get revenge or however you want to word it yeah
2: yeah as you say it's um it's a very very difficult choice um as you say it's arguable that i don't know it's it's difficult to determine who comes into into the playoffs in the best form of course Huddersfield this year um i think looking at their last 26 games they've lost just twice defensively very very resilient um in-game management, you, you look at Huddersfield, there's not many better than Carlos Corbran, if any, in the Championship, the way he, he sets his teams up and the, the way he adapts uh, to things as well. Definitely, definitely a hard task playing Huddersfield. But then you do look at Nottingham Forest, the, the sh- sort of sheer devastation that they can they provide. They're, they're similar to Fulham in the way that if they can score a goal, if they sort of expose a certain weakness once... They can continue to to sort of expose that, and that's that's what worries me over too. Like, what that what that's what worries me about any game at all, that they've they've got that ability to carve you open at, at will. And to be fair, Sheffield United, uh, more of a well well machine, I think. With them, a um, team that have lots of experience of the higher division already, some outstanding players perhaps don't have that sort of devastation factor like Forest do, but they are a team that will continue to, to show high levels of performance. And um, I think they just showed that against Fulham. Um, to, for a team to be a level above Fulham, they have to be very good. And I think um, coming into the playoffs, they are definitely a, a very, very uh, difficult side to come up against. Like them all, um, you can't go into yeah. the playoffs and expect... An easy game at all. We're we all here on merit, and I think that's the key thing to take away.
3: Yeah, and I think just because we're saying that we'd rather Huddersfield over two legs doesn't mean that we don't think we can beat Forest or Sheffield United. But it's more a case of I'd rather have them at a neutral Wembley, where I guess it, it it's a, a a neutral situation to be in. I think we, we, we all saw away at Craven Cottage where if things are really up against us, there is a chance that we can just completely cave in and and. And obviously, that there the, were the, the various factors that fed into that into that seven nil. Um, but if 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 that's a City ground second leg, and okay, we're we're one nil up, or it's nil nil, and the City ground are up for it, and Forest are up for it, and that that that, that could be a really dangerous second leg to to be at. Where I, I don't quite see that. I just thought I think that there's, there's there's a chance where where the where the away fans can make it a bit more of an even kill. So I, I'd much rather have. Have Forest at Wembley where it's thirty thousand fans apiece and, and go from there. But yeah, in terms of a
4: second leg, I, I, I'm definitely, I'm definitely pleased that that we avoid the City Ground. I mean, like on the Forest, if, say say it was us against Forest in the uh, final. Should we get there, I, I think they're the, thinking about it now. They're the one team that I don't want to face in the final. Which obviously there's a, if we get there, there's a 50-50 chance. But I think just because of the time they've spent trying to get back to the Premier League or trying to get back to the First Division, there's going to be a lot of... Uh, well, I, just, I feel like they're going to... They're almost... Not have the upper hand, but uh, I don't know how to word it, but it's like they've got that history and they're going to be like... You know, sort of like when Leeds were trying to get back, they've got that push and momentum and that that kind of... Not reputation, but um, you know they they've got that that they were there and they want to get back to it and I would worry about the momentum that they would carry into the final like from the fans from the whole club in general, um, I'd be scared about. It. But at the same time, we've got that sort of feeling about us as well because if we get there, we've got the, you know, a lot of people probably think we shouldn't be there even though our merit would you know should be if we get there um. And we've got the, we've been out for what thirty years this year, for the first division. So, if we, you know, once we get there, that you know, it could be a we could carry a lot of momentum into it as well. Yeah, I understand
2: what you mean, Stephen. There about sort of that narrative to do with Forest. It's. It's yeah, as you say, it's, it's it's massive for them. Um, the sort of the storyline that goes with it, the, the years of trying, the near misses. Yeah, I understand sort of that narrative part to it, but I think that level of expectation could sort of weigh them down in sort of a similar way. Um, you know, we've seen it, uh, Forest in in recent years when they were very close to securing a playoff spot. That that sort of level of expectation rises and
4: they end up missing out.
2: Um. And it was real
4: realistically in their hands to get to get promotion because should they have beaten Bournemouth last week, they would have would have been would have been in prime position to get it and they just fell at the at the second last hurdle, I guess, or the last hurdle.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely an interesting one. It would be interesting to to hear what we would have been saying if um if Coyle hadn't scored that that late equalizer four hole. But we'll look a little bit more about Huddersfield. One person that that remains a doubt is Sorba Thomas. Obviously, he's set-piece delivery. His overall creative abilities have have been on show all season. Um, How big of a blow do you think that would be for them and how much of a boost would it be for us? I know we're not going to know until until the, the whistle blows, but there's a potential that he might not be playing and I guess that could be a massive boost for us.
3: I mean, I mean, yeah. I think if the question is, would I rather saw Thomas play or not? The answer would be not. But I mean, it, it's shown in their form, right? In terms of how well they've coped without him. Um, and Harry Toffolo has seemed to have found a striker's touch, which he's scored what five and seven now from from left left back or left wing back. So, yeah, I mean, Sorba Thomas is a great player and probably one of those that could could make could make it up, up a step to the Prem next year. But yeah, in <laughs> I'd much rather them not play them than play but they've got they've got other threats I think Carol Eiting came, came back in was it for, for his first game or, or so against Bristol City and apparently played played really well and obviously he's got experience with, with, with Ajax and that as well so someone there in centre mid and Danny Ward as a striker just seems like a striker that Crazily keep scoring. Um, again, on get again, someone on paper you would you wouldn't think would have scored what's fifteen or so championship goals, but but here he is on fifteen or so championship goals. So, um, uh, it's, uh, I'm I'm sort of enjoying the fact that it's Huddersfield in a sense that, that they equally weren't expected to be in it as well. So you got you you got you got you got two sides who probably at the start of the season no one thought would be in the championship against each other. Um. So yeah, it, I think in terms of a of a playoff matchup, it,
4: it's a really good matchup. And thinking about it, we're probably the team that no one wants to face in the final, realistically, because we we have got that, you know, that that kind of the the, the thing hang over us that people think that we shouldn't be there. And it's just that we're almost, you know, just gonna go out there and have some fun, and we're not gonna expect to win the game. We're just gonna. You know, the fans will be there having a good day out. The players will be like, this is a brilliant occasion. There's not going to be that pressure hanging over them. It's going to be, you know, like we're we're probably the more dangerous team in mentality, you could argue, I guess, for, for going into the final, should we get there. Definitely
2: see that, especially... The Nathan
4: Jones factor as well.
2: Imagine, imagine what he would be like in a in a championship playoff final. I think would um, be a sight we haven't yet witnessed. Um, definitely be interesting to see. But of course, still a long time to go before that happens. Two massive clashes against Huddersfield. Huddersfield, who you know have finished third for a reason, have enjoyed an excellent campaign, and I think as Jamie was saying, they were they were tipped to. Uh, I think There were four favorites, fourth or fifth favorites to, to yeah. get relegated at the start of the season, which is just incredible that they've managed to um defy the odds like we have. Um, you know, it's, it, overwhelming it, it, signings, was it? it? It was just a, a sort of Corbran implement, implemented his plan last season, um, found things difficult, but really, really has found his feet this year, and as I said before in-game management has, has been quite incredible when you when you sort of go into the games and look at the specifics of, of where they've been and uh, the goals they've conceded and um, in terms of the periods of, of matches where they've gone on to, to win games from losing positions and, and drawing positions. It, it truly has been a, a really, really exceptional season from them.
3: Absolutely. And it's sort of weird, Why right? I'm not sure if you listened to the, the recent entity 20 pod where they... Where he said that actually, Luton were so dark horses at the start of the season that we we, we turned into a, a bit of sort of favourites for the playoffs in in, in, a, in a sort of weird way. Whereas no one was saying that, that about Huddersfield. I reckon if you were to poll every every championship fan outside of these two fan bases, who was more likely to make the playoffs at the start of the season, people people probably probably believe on Luton. So in, in in terms of that that aspect, okay, we've got bottom three budget, et cetera. We've, we, 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 we've covered that ground before, but actually we probably would have been deemed more likely to make the playoffs than Huddersfield. So I think that just goes to show the the, the, the level of a job that Carlos Corbran has done. And obviously there's a lot of talk about Nathan Jones, manager of the season, and Steve Kidd have been up there rivaling him for a bit. Richard K. yeah, he's, he's, Steve Coffey has done a great job. But I think no one's talking about Corbran Enough, really. I think, I think the job that you've done has been been amazing. Um, to, to have a, a, a back three of Oli Turton, who was or some Black, Blackpool was it? I think Hogg was probably the, the last man standing from their their, their Premier League days. But outside, like you've got Matty Pearson, who we all love, but we all know he's prone to a few a few errors. And Nabi Sarr, who who sort of was at Charlton before. So in terms of the players they've got, I think, yeah, the, the job that Cole has done has been amazing.
2: 100%. And you mentioned him before, um, we're labeling him as another threat because he has got five goals in seven games from left wing back. Harry Toffolo, a real, real sort of source of creativity from that left hand side, a, a wicked left foot, uh, took his goal very, very well recently as well. So, um, Definitely, a player we will have to look out for, but he's going, going to come up against James Bree, who has been defensively very resilient this season. And I imagine—I don't know if you agree—that's going to be a key battle. The sort of their left-hand side, our right-hand side, with, with Bree whipping in crosses and and uh, Toffolo looking to do a, a similar kind of service.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, maybe it's isn't is another case where. Nathan might might try and do a bit of a match up and play someone else there against Toffolo, you know, like he did against Forrest with Fred and Barrow on Spence and Johnson. And Johnson maybe it's something that he looks at for for Toffolo. But in terms of if it is a, a briefly Toffolo match up, it's it's going to be it's, it's going to be a very interesting one because ultimately they are both both fullbacks by 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 trade and 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 past. Um, so you, you would always back. The other defensively against the other one in terms of if Breed going forward, you probably backed off road defensively and, and and vice versa. So it's going to be an interesting battle, and I wonder whether both teams try and avoid that wing just to avoid avoid the other player. Who knows? It's um it's going to be interesting tactically to see how how both managers set up.
2: Now, do you think we approach this game? Of course, the home leg, home advantage. Do you think we'll go hell for leather? Do you think it will be about securing? securing a win here but then holding out for something there and I, I know there's so many different permutations and possibilities that could happen in these two games but is our approach to to really take it to Huddersfield right from the off similar to what we've done against redden and, and get get the job done early kind of thing
4: I, I think, think we we'll, I think we'll probably go for playing to our strengths which which is you know Kenilworth road right under the lights and I feel like you know, we need to go for it to at least get a goal in the in the home leg. But I don't, I don't think Jones will go. he want to go all out trying to get as many goals as we can in the first leg to make sure that we can do it in the second leg. I think he'll take it as like a how we take any normal game really, like a you know, don't overdo it, don't overthink it, just take it as another game and. I mean that's kind of what I hope because it's just as I just said. Like it's not overthinking it, not overdoing it, not trying to force something out of nothing. It's just if we play to our game, we know we can beat anyone in this league. We can take anyone ninety minutes, one hundred eighty minutes. So yeah,
3: yeah. I think I I slightly disagree, but I mean, I mean so I agree on the sense that we need to play to our strengths. Kenya under the lights, um, ab- absolutely. I think it's. It's a game we need to make make the most of. If, if, if you look back to some of the key home games this year, and that's Middlesbrough at home in that little five, 10-minute spell where we absolutely suffocated them. You look at Coventry at home, okay, not as good as Huddersfield over the course of the season, but, but still a, a very strong side. I think they went into it on beating, and God knows how many, and, and they came to us and we completely suffocated them and, and were fought by half-time. You've got West Brom in it. Okay, okay it didn't work out. In the same manner, but we managed to get two two goals in the second half to, to really put that game to bed. And I think if if we can take a two up to Huddersfield, I think we'd all be confident that that we could see it out up there. So I think we need to make the most of of the game. And and if if during the game we can sense blood, we need to really make make most of it. Because I mean, in terms of the game, Huddersfield could quite easily because they've got the players to come to us and. Nick a one nil or, or 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 beat us at our place, but equally if 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 we if we're really on it, we could sense and get get two, three, four. And if and if there's any chance at
4: all we can do that, we 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 need to because we need to try and just kill it off. I think my point was is that we're not gonna go out to play like that. Not to go out and try and score as many. It's more don't change what we know because it's worked so far and it's obviously not broken because especially under the lights we've been we've been you know unplayable sometimes as we just said so i feel like it's a just just not overcomplicating things sort of thing that i mean but i think we do go out to play like that because i think if you look at just
3: last weekend we we should have been two three up inside the first 10 minutes and okay it didn't transpire to be like that but we we could quite easily have been one up inside a minute we could have been two up inside about five or ten minutes and and I think okay the game after that period of time doesn't end up like it because the the other side understandably gets back into it because just the way that the way the sides are in the championship but I think fundamentally the way Nathan sets sets us up is to start fast start strong and just try and make the most of the first five ten minutes and on another day, that that could be Luton free Reading near inside inside fifteen minutes at the weekend. So I mean, if, if if we're presented with that same that same situation on Friday, we we need to make the most of those chances.
2: Yeah, fair enough. And also, it's the the importance of that first goal we're, with us. Twenty four games where we've taken the lead this season. Twenty games we've gone on to win. Three we've gone on to draw, and just the one we've gone on to lose. So. You know, a fast, intense start where we're right in their faces, pressing high, forcing mistakes, and we do manage to get the first goal. Then that that could be a massive, massive turning point in the event of, of both games, not just the, the first leg. Right, just before we get to the predictions, we're going to take another look. We're going to have sort of a decisive answer as to who you would like to face at Wembley should we get past Huddersfield and. It's, it's a difficult one. It's a very very difficult one. But playing out the scenario in our heads, if we do get through Huddersfield, Jamie, who
3: would you like to play in the fight? forest? I think um, Sheffield are starting to see a bit of form. I think in in the three in the last three halves of the season, they beat a QPR side pretty convincingly. Okay, QPR and. Uh, Ended up not being that strong, but still a decent side away from home. And then they put Fulham to the sword four nil. And then if if they then on the back of that beat Forest over two legs, I think they're going to be really really strong going into the final. I think they're gonna. To... I think their makeup on the squad is is more suited towards the playoff final in terms of experience, in terms of players that have been there, done that. I think if you look at the Forest, the Forest side. Everyone loves Spence and Johnson and Garner, but I don't think they're quite as experienced in in that sort of high intensity situation. Where I think maybe someone like a Lansbury and a, and a Snodgrass could really show their experience at, at, over Forest. So, yeah, I think for me, if if we got to the final, it's a big if because we've got a, a, a really tough three hours of football against Huddersfield. Um, but if we got to the final, it'd be Forest. I think. And also the narrative outside of it, right? In terms of the way the Forest fans have behaved since since our game against them, it, it would be quite, it quite, it would be quite interesting, and it would be an, an intense game from a fan perspective, given given what's what's gone on between the two sides since as well. So it would uh, it would make for an interesting
4: game.
2: Stephen, and the um, you know, same
4: i mean in 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 my in my view it's it's kind of the same to Jamie's latter point and on the on, on the emotional side of it, I would love to beat Forrest in the final it would be it would be hilarious with how their fans would react but at the same time um looking at what you know thinking about what Jamie just said about the experience and inexperience of the sides, I think Forrest would be the better one to play.
2: Definitely, definitely. i probably, I don't know, it's difficult. It, as you both say, it's very, very difficult. Uh, lesser of two evils because they are both very, very good sides. Uh, sort of a one-off kind of game as well. Um, the man- Both managers are very, very impressive of what they've done since they've taken over their respective clubs, completely transformed their seasons. So yeah, definitely a, a difficult one, but... Yeah, I'm going to side with you, boys. I'm going to side with, I prefer to play Nottingham Forest, given, um, you know, the the likes of Sander Berger, John Egan, they've all got experience. They've got experience of the high division. Um, A few of them as well got uh, the sort of knowledge and and experience of taking a team, well, taking their Sheffield United team up from the Championship before. So, uh, yeah, I definitely get your experience point there. Last thing to do is the score predictions across these two ties. And for the purposes of freshening things up, I'll come to you first, Stephen.
4: Oh, I hate this because it's like you're just just trying to get me to uh, give you the lottery numbers, to be honest. And I feel like I... Listening to the second tier pod earlier, they, they made the point that all the sides in the playoffs are very defensive. Like, not we don't play defense, we are very very good defensively. And I'm, oh, something's just telling me we we win one nil at Kenilworth Road, and we and we draw nil nil away at and Huddersfield.
2: I like it. I like it. That's okay. my gut
4: feeling.
3: I'm going to go win at home 2-0, lose away 1-0. We'll yeah, yeah. So, Wickham through way. and I
2: can get 2-1. We're going to do it the and way. I like it. Mm-hmm. Six beats third, 2-0 in the, the first round. And then uh, lose the second round 1-0 and then still go through. Yeah, like to see that. Definitely like to see that. I'm going to go... Uh, Yeah, I should have really thought about it. I knew it was coming for this whole episode. (laughs) Um, Just do what you usually
3: do, mate, and and just copy me.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm going to go 2-0 first leg. Um, Really can imagine a a fast and brilliant, not response, but a a real fast
4: um, opening and
2: and really taking the game to them.
4: Do us a favour and say a 1-0 Yorkshire away win. That's a good
2: point. The game's in Yorkshire. We do love it in Yorkshire, um, bar a, a couple. But yeah, second leg, I'm going to go 2 0 loss. And then it's going to go into um, extra time. And I don't know who, but one of our players will, will pop up and we'll be going laughing all the way to Wembley.
3: I, I don't Danny Hilton, that. penalty shootout winner. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Can you imagine? Oh. Uh, that's the final, Jamie.
3: That's the He's final. Doing that yeah. Danny well, Hilton. So, so, so you're saying that Danny Hilton Panenka's Bryce Samba. <laughs> Amazing. Well, yeah, it truly
2: would be spectacular to see Danny Hilton taking us to Wembley or, or to, to winning us the whole thing. But that is all we have time for today. A big thank you to the pair of you for getting involved and, and giving us your predictions as well. Um, Some very, very uh, difficult ones to call, given the magnitude. And and I don't want to say pressure because I still don't feel we're pressurised. It's still an unbelievable position to be in regardless. So I don't want to use the word pressure. But there is sort of that level of expectation now We're we're in those playoffs. Of course, as we keep saying, the big clash is on Friday. The home leg that is before we go to Yorkshire on the Monday hopefully with a place at Wembley secured after that game. Also, keep an eye out on podcast because we've got some special episodes coming up. We're going to have our awards night soon where we have our say on certain uh, metrics and awards that, that we feel that we should do coming into the end of the season. And we also are going to be doing our quiz soon, more than likely, when the season comes to an end, whenever that may be also got a special Would I Lie to You episode coming up soon. Don't know how that's going to go yet, but we're definitely, definitely going to try it after months of conversations about it. But until next time, goodbye for now.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's.